presence this morning, and we just pray that you would glorify yourself, accomplish your good pleasure and your perfect will in each one of our lives. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Well, good morning. Uh, it's good to see everyone. As August is just around the corner, I always like to, you know, raise the flag there that school's going to start pretty soon. Some of you are applauding and some of you are not applauding. Uh, today we're going to be in the book of Hosea. And you can say Hosea, too, if you like. Uh, Hosea is one of those books maybe difficult to find. It's after the book of Daniel. It's on page 754 in your um, Bible, and it is, will also be here on the wall. The overriding theme of this book, and we are, we'll only be in just a few verses today, but I want to encourage you to read uh, the entire book. Uh, it's, it is truly a remarkable uh, read, and the overriding theme is God's loyal and unending love for his covenant people despite their repeated unfaithfulness. In the book, he calls his people to repentance and to a renewed love and a, and a restorative relationship with him. Further, God is inviting his people to know him in a very intimate relationship marked by loyalty, obedience, and most of all, intimacy. Let's look at chapter 6, verses 1 through 3. Come, let us return to the Lord, for he has torn us, that he may heal us. He has struck us down, and he will bind us up. After two days, he will revive us. On the third day, he will raise us up. We may live before him. Let us know. Let us press on to know the Lord. His going out is sure as the dawn. He will come to us as the showers, as the spring rains that water the earth. These verses start with the word come. What does it mean? What does it mean to come? Come to Jesus. We hear that, we say that. To come is to believe. To believe is to come. It's an invitation. It's an imperative. Come. And Isaiah is saying, come. In Isaiah 1, we find that we come for cleansing. Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord in Isaiah 1.18. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be like wool. When we come, we find satisfaction. Again in Isaiah chapter 55, Come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters, and he who has no money, come. Buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money. Price. And Jesus himself in John 7 says, If any man thirst." Let him come unto me and drink. And when we come, the Bible says we find rest. 
rest for our souls. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest, Jesus says in Matthew eleven twenty eight. It's an intimate invitation. It's a relational invitation. So how are we to come? How, how do we do it? We're to come as a child. 18 says, come as a child. Come as a two-year-old. No rank, no title. Can you imagine asking a, a child, what, what, what is your t- title? Child. What, what is your status? You come with no resume, no accomplishments. You're simple, you're helpless. You have nothing to offer but yourselves. That's how we're to come. But so often we come on the strength of our own, our own resume, our own track record. We're to come by faith. In fact, it is impossible to please God without it. We come by first coming to the end of ourselves. Have you come to the end of yourself? much like the prodigal son who was a willful wanderer. He gathered all. He had squandered it in reckless living, and then when he came to the end of, he returned. In this life, even as Christ followers, oftentimes we can... um, be swayed or seduced by the world. And we begin to love something or someone more than we love Jesus. Sometimes it's money or possessions or power or prestige. And we begin to love our sin more than the one who purchased us from the penalty. This morning, Jesus bids us come. As the old hymn says, just as you are. Come just as you are. You're imperfect. His love is perfect. We are unfaithful. He is ever faithful. And he cannot deny his own. So why don't we come? Why don't we come? Shall I go for it? It might be the communion cup, if you know what I mean, in a sense. <laughs> or maybe it's the communal cup. Uh, whoever Doug, did you preach last time? You left some water in the glass. <clears throat> Why don't we come? I, so many reasons, but I, I always believe that pride is the biggest obstacle we face. The Lord detests pride. It goes before the fall. 
It breeds quarrels. The Lord says he hates pride. It seems in this culture, and I'm sure it's not new, it's, but it just seems to be such a self-centered culture. It's about me. Me, 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 me. <clears throat> me, 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 me. It's about me. Did you know that? It sounds like this. My concerns don't matter. My opinion doesn't count. My feelings have been hurt. My rights have been infringed. My time has been, my needs are not being met. My space has been violated. My reputation has been harmed. My side of the story has not been heard. My contributions are unappreciated. My talents are unrecognized. My expectations are not being met. My dreams have been shattered. My pain has been disregarded. My voice has been silenced. My, my, my. I think that's what God says. My, my, my. Have you ever said any of those things? Do you ever think those things? I do. It's, it's pride. It's my eyes, your eyes, our eyes are too often focused on ourselves. And the Bible says we are to fix our eyes on Christ, the author, the perfecter, the finisher of our faith, who has begun a good work in us and will complete it. We are to return, Hosea says, return. Let us return. This is repentance. And repentance is a change. It's a change of heart. It's a change of mind. But most importantly, it's a change in direction. You're going one way and you repent and you turn and you return. You come back. You return. And that is a call to repentance that is on my heart this morning. A call to heed the discipline of the Lord and to, thank you, and to return, to return to an intimate love relationship with God. Ecclesiastes says there's a time to tear down a time to break down and a time to build up. And Hosea says that. The corrective discipline of God at work in our lives to bring us back to himself. In 2 Chronicles 7, familiar passage, 7.14, if my people, my people, who are called by my name, humble themselves, and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, 
then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Church, we're to humble ourselves. We're to clothe ourselves with humility, esteeming other people better than ourselves, using Christ as the ultimate example of humility, as we read in Philippians 2.8. When we beat our, beat our breast and cry out to God, be merciful to me, a sinner. So come, return. Hosea says we're to know, to know. This is a common theme in our Christian walk, isn't it? To know Christ, to know him, the power of his resurrection to have the mind of Christ. And to know is to discern the truth through prayer, gifted teaching, through sanctification, through dependence on the Holy Spirit, studying God's word. These are the ways that we know, we know the truth, the truth, who is a person. He says, I am the way. I am the truth. To know is to know Jesus. And we are to press on. We're to persist, we're to persevere, and we are to endure. We should we are called to persist to endure hardship and persecution. Persevere in life and in doctrine. We're to persevere in good works. We should not grow weary of doing good. And we are to endure hardship as a discipline and as we read in 2 Timothy, as a good soldier. Really, all of that was more of an introduction to what's really on my heart this morning, and that is when we read these words, it says, come, return. No, press on. And there's going to be showers. There's going to be rain. There's going to be restoration, wholeness. God said through his prophet Ezekiel that I will make in places all around my hill a blessing and I will send down the showers in their season. And they shall be showers of blessing. Hosea tells us that the Lord will come as the showers, as the spring rain waters the earth. We've had a good spring, haven't we? Rainfall wise. I can't say as much out west. 
That old hymn, Showers of Blessing. Remember it? The last one of your hymn goes like this. There shall be showers of blessing. Oh, that today they might fall. Now as to God we're confessing, which is prerequisite to repentance... Now, as on Jesus, we call. Showers of blessing, showers of blessing we need. Mercy drops round us are falling. But for the showers, we plead. Likening the blessings of God to showers is a powerful word picture, isn't it? So often, I think, being caught in a downpour or caught in a shower is a negative thing. Well, maybe if you're wearing a three-piece suit. Anybody get caught in the downpour last night? Okay, I know the rain has been spotty, but surely it rained at your house last night. In the evening? Oh, yeah. Oh, we got a hand in the back. Hey, that, that was a downpour. And I was uh, hot. I was exhausted. I was aching, and I was out in the downpour. And the fact that my going too was additional downpour. You know how good that felt. Kids know how good that feels. Kids want to go out and play in the rain. They want to go out and dance in the rain. What do, what do parents want to do? Get an umbrella. Get inside. When rain showers come, especially following a prolonged period of drought, we're reminded that it is God who gives the rain. You know, despite that all that 21st century technology has to offer, I still don't think there's much of anything we can do of significance to me, is there? Without it, our labors are futile. No amount of cultivation, fertilization, insecticide, pesticide, genetically superior hybrids, or genetically modified seed makes any difference. My prayer, my message really this morning is simply this, that the time is today. The time is now. The invitation is now. Come for the banquet. Come, it's ready. The time is now. It's an imperative. Come. Today is the day to cry out to God with your whole heart. If you have not come to saving faith in Christ, come. If you have, if you have, plead for a downpour. A downpour in my life, in your life, in the life of this church, in our community, our nation, in the world. In the parable of the sower, we learn that the seed represents the gospel and the soil, the human heart. This parable is talking about, this parable is about salvation. But as followers of Christ, our hearts become hard. They become calloused. 
How's your heart this morning? Anybody ever ask you that? I mean, those of you who have not had a cardiorrhythmia, I mean, how's your heart this morning? Is it light, joyful, confident, carefree, soft, receptive to the ministry of the Holy Spirit? Is it humble, grateful, abounding in love? Or have life's disappointments, disillusions, and struggles taken their toll? Bitterness, unforgiveness, strife, broken relationships, betrayal, loss. Does your heart feel as though it has been trampled by countless transgressions against it? Just feel that it's compacted and trampled underfoot until it is hard. Is your heart more like stone than flesh? Is your heart weary? Is it dry? Is it numb? Sometimes that happens too, doesn't it? You just put one foot in front of the other. You're not really sure why anymore. Maybe it wasn't always that way. I'm sure it wasn't always that way. Christ wants to restore your heart, to renew it, to soften it, make it fertile. It was fertile when that seed of salvation was planted and you came to saving faith, but it's hardened. And now even the very living word of God, you're, you're, this is, you're reading this is, this is a rote, this is chore. Let the rain come and soften it. What are the hard and barren places in your heart this morning? Can you... Ask yourself that in the quietness of your own heart. Those places they were once lodging and filled with promise and hope. And now it's desolate. It's a desolate place. And maybe these places are not so much in your own life, but they are in the life of someone you love very much. Their life is drying up. You see it. They're spent. They're like a dying man in the wilderness tormented by the hot wind and the sand. Now's the time to come. To come back to repent and to plead for his his healing. In Isaiah 44, we read this. I will pour water on a thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. I will pour my spirit upon your offspring and my blessing on your descendants. I'd like to invite the worship team to come up. As they come...
prayerfully consider in your own heart is today. Today is the day to come to saving faith, to come to immediate and everlasting and eternal rest. Come without your pride. Come and be renewed in your faith. We all have doubts. You may be walking on the water, but those, those waves have lapped hard. And we have doubt. Come to the end of yourself this morning and come to your senses and come home. Because your Father is longing for you to return and He longs to soften, to make it receptive to all that He has for you, to make it alive.